Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The rest of today's program, with one exception, follows our free-for-all Friday theme. Your phone calls, steering our ship, your questions, your complaints, your predictions, reflections on the week that was, discussion on the weekend to come in the sports world. We'll get back to those calls shortly. But joining us now, as promised, our one and only guest on this free-for-all Friday edition of the program. He is a versatile guy and an award-winning sports columnist for the Charlotte Observer. He, of course, covers everything about the NFL and the Carolina Panthers. He'll also be there in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium as South Carolina takes on North Carolina in one of the games that matters to many here in our backyard. We are speaking of Scott Fowler, whom we welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? I'm uh, honored to be your only guest. <laughs> Thank you very much. It is always great to have you, whether you're stacked into a big lineup or out here on an island all by yourself. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, Gamecocks Tar Heels. Is, do you see a significant difference in the depth charts, or is the Gamecocks advantage really about their head coach, Will Muschamp, going into his fourth season versus the Tar Heels' new but old head coach, Mac Brown, going into his first season? Well, I'll be very interested to see. I won't pretend to know a whole lot about either team's depth chart because I have been uh, sort of in the weeds with the Panthers for most of August. But I think that Mac will make a difference. Uh, I think this Tar Heel team – you know, they're, they're not going to be an embarrassment like last year's. I, I don't think there's any doubt of that. I think they've got a, a shot tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see how Sam Howell, who's from this area, uh, will play. I think that makes a big difference. And, you know, from what I hear from my colleagues, South Carolina maybe has an edge in talent, but yeah. maybe not a real significant one. So I think it'll be a close game. I'm really looking forward to it. We read a lot about appearance fees. I just wonder what you've seen from this game in Charlotte over the years. I mean, this year it happens to be Gamecocks against Tar Heels. But, for example, you know, Alabama is getting $4.5 million this weekend to take on Duke in Atlanta at a neutral site. Uh, South Carolina and North Carolina are getting $2 million each. You know, you're giving up a home game, so what's it cost to lure you to a neutral site? How have you seen the Queen City here in our backyard you know, rally around these early season college football kickoff style games? They've, uh, you know, they've rallied to, uh, you know, to a, a good extent, but I wouldn't say it's just spectacular. For instance, the attendance tomorrow in Bank of America Stadium will be about 52,000, okay. which in other words means about 20,000 empty seats. So, and that's been similar to several of these games before. The one exception was last year. I think they had West Virginia and, and Tennessee, if I remember right. And that, that drew a, a colossal crowd close to a sellout. But uh, most of these games have drawn in the 50-ish range. And so Charlotte, while, you know, they support them, it is not a an enormous college football town like a, a Tuscaloosa or something where that's what people live and breathe all all the time. With that said, I think, you know, 50,000 is nothing to sneeze at, and, and they should, you know, these games have been pretty well supported, and Charlotte is a good college football yeah. town, just, just not a great one. Yeah, we often start our tailgate tour there in Charlotte. This year we're going to ECU at NC State instead of this uh, Charlotte kickoff game. But, of course, we end 
our college football tour of our great st state right back there in Charlotte every year at the ACC football championship game. We'll see who will play Clemson there this time. Scott Fowler is joining us there from the Charlotte Observer. He is on Twitter, at Scott underscore Fowler. I saw you tweet earlier today that, as expected, backup quarterback Taylor Heineke, who was a starter at times last year, or, or a, a, at least a key player at times last year, uh, has been cut. So is it just uh, a virtual lock going into tomorrow's cut day that it's Cam number one, Kyle Allen number two, and then keep Will Greer on the big roster at number three as the rookie out of West Virginia? Yes, that's correct. I've heard from sources they will definitely keep three quarterbacks, and no surprise there. Taylor Heineke was the odd man out. of really played about as well or better than Allen or Greer in yeah. work this preseason, but they're, uh, you know, he's, they're interested in these in these bigger guys and trying to develop them, and they're not interested in, in bringing in a veteran. So that's the way they're going to roll. It looks like there's only a couple of other guessing games for the Panthers going in tomorrow. At kicker, the good news is they like both the injured Graham Gano and his replacement, Joey Sly. Uh, educated guess on how that's going to shake out, because I know the rules indicate that if you put Gano on IR, that means he has to miss at least the first eight games. Well, and, and even beyond that, uh, DG, they have to keep Gano actually on that original 53, yeah. and then they could put him on IR like the next day or something. Uh, and that in that case, if they do that, they can bring him back in after eight games. If they put him on IR, they could do it, you know, today. Right, right. But yeah, he's out for the year if so. So I'm guessing they're going to keep two kickers at the beginning and kind of see how the Gano thing shakes out. Uh, that'd be that'd be my guess. And so someone else will get squeezed there a little bit and maybe will be stashed on a practice squad or something uh, that they hope maybe, you know, to return. Because you can't keep two kickers for very long. We can't uh, – we have not seen much in terms of Christian McCaffrey backs, backups since he was the Panthers' first-round pick. He's out there so often, sometimes you forget who his backup is. But it's been Cameron Artis Payne at times, among others. And there's a whole lot of thinking that, like, Cameron, Cameron Artis Payne might not even make the roster. What do you think – I mean, Alex Arma is the fullback. Christian McCaffrey's the starting running back. What's the educated guess on what happens there? My guess is Artis Payne does make it, and that's because he's very valuable on special teams. Uh, you're right in that the you know they don't need they practically don't need a backup for McCaffrey uh, not very often anyway. I mean, obviously he's got to come off the field occasionally, but he gets 90% of the of the carries, the snaps, all that stuff. So, but Artis Payne is a proven commodity at special teams. So my guess is they'll maybe cut Hollisfield, for instance, and keep him on the practice squad. Perhaps the same thing with uh, Reggie Bonifant, who we've seen a lot yep. of in the preseason. Nobody really cared that the Panthers went 2-2 two and two in the preseason or that they beat the Steelers on the scoreboard last night, 25-19. to 19. But it was interesting to see the reaction just to the reality that Cam Newton, we knew he was not going to play, but he was not even on the sidelines where he often makes a spectacle of himself while cheering on his teammates. After the game, Ron Rivera said the trainers did not want Cam standing on his sprained left foot for three and a half hours of a preseason game. Uh, where do you stand on 
the Ron Rivera certainty about Cam being available for the L.A. Rams on September 8th and hopefully at close to 100% by that point. Is that realistic? Well, I see what you did there, first of all, with the where do you stand. Aha! Uh, clever. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I asked Ron that question last night. In fact, it prompted that answer because I noticed Cam wasn't on the sidelines. But it's not a matter of standing for Cam, right? I mean, he is uh, exuberant. He's, he's jump, practically jumping rope uh, on all these backup quarterbacks when they do a, make a good play and he's pounding helmets and stuff. I think it was actually a wise decision to save him from himself, yeah. so to speak. I don't think there's any doubt he'll start, um, you know, that Rams game. I think there is some doubt whether he'll finish it or not. I mean, that's just, you know, four quarters, Aaron Donald, all that stuff. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're going to throw him out there into the fire and he'll, he'll want to be there. But I just worry a little about his, his durability, which has always been one of his, his strengths. But now he, he is on the wrong side of 30 and, it's, uh, you know, that offensive line's a bit questionable. Last thing for Scott Fowler, follow his work at charlotteobserver.com on Twitter. He's at Scott underscore Fowler. I think you write a column along these lines every year, so I don't want to steal all of your thunder along those lines. <laughs> but uh, whereas I would have a hard time picking the Panthers to beat the Rams in the opener, given what L.A. did last year. The rest of the September schedule, you know, Buccaneers, Cardinals, Texans, I could see myself picking the Panthers to go three and one in the month of September. My bottom line question, and I'll give you about a minute if you have it. Do you see this team as you're guessing that roster looks like after cuts tomorrow as a playoff team right now? Not yet. No, um, I, they have to prove it. I think it's a prove it year, sort of like you get a prove it contract yeah. year sometimes. I think this is a prove it year for the franchise in general. Uh, their silver season, their 25th season, and it's, it's significant in a lot of ways, uh, not the least of which is to their head coach and their GM who need to win uh, to kind of secure their jobs for, for the distant future, but also for Cam, who's in the next year, last year of his contract. And that's why I can't say they're a playoff team yet. I just I don't feel strongly enough about what that offense is going to be like. From what I've seen, the defense is going to be pretty good, and we'll keep them in a lot of games, better than last year, get to the quarterback more often. But will that offense be functional enough? That's, that's the big question. And, yeah, like you, I don't, I don't feel like they're going to win that Rams game, but they do have a pretty easy first two months and then a brutal last yeah. year. So they got to make some hay early if they are going to be a playoff team. Scott Fowler, charlotteobserver.com, and Scott underscore Fowler on Twitter. Thanks for the time, as always, man. Enjoy the weekend. All right. You as well. You got it. 1-800-849-2761. My most important piece of advice this weekend for anyone enjoying any college football game anywhere on the other side. That's as we welcome your calls. That was our only guest. We're coming right back to you. We're halfway to Margaritaville. You're steering our ship. I have a lot more on college football, a lot more on NFL Cut Day tomorrow, and a little bit on basketball and baseball and tennis and other things. You can be next. Question, comment, complaint, prognostication, 1-800-849-2761. The most important piece of advice is something that especially you wild guys need to hear. That's next on the David Glenn Show. 
Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. The defense, every gap's filled. Uh, there's no hesitation when they react to a run. There's no hesitation in, in how they read and react to pass. Then offensively, their splits are good at receiver. Their splits are good up front. Their alignments are good. Football's beautiful when all 11 people know what to do and how to do it. And you see that in, in Alabama. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Duke coach David Cutcliffe, what a task he has ahead of him with his Blue Devils. He was complimenting the number two in the nation, Alabama Crimson Tide, of the legendary coach Nick Saban in a way that you hear a little bit less often. We all see the talent of the Crimson Tide, the future NFL players, the college All-Americans, the depth, etc. He says that through the eyes of a coach, Alabama is the best team top to bottom in a variety of ways this year. Yes, the talent that we can see in most cases, but also those details that he just described. Through the eyes of a coach, he's evaluating that other roster in both ways. Are they well coached? Do they pay attention to detail? When you find in the same program the high-level NFL talent and the attention to detail coaching staff, that's what makes a perennial national contender. That's why Alabama has so many titles under Nick Saban. How many programs have lots of NFL talent and one of the best coaches in America. It's a short list. I mean, Alabama and Clemson are on it. At other times, we've seen a Florida on it and Ohio State on it, somebody else, right? Florida State under Bobby Bowden for sure, more temporarily under a Jimbo Fisher, now at Texas A&M. It's a rare combination, but national championships tend to gravitate toward those schools that don't have one or the other. Like David Cutcliffe is a legendary coach. Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, Bronco Mendenhall at UVA. You get their colleagues talking about them, they will describe them as among the best coaches in all of college football. If you have one or the other, you can have a really good program. If you have both, you at least have a shot to compete for national championships. Alabama and Clemson are the 2019 versions, the best examples anyway, of having both on pretty much an annual basis. We do have lines open for the first time in a while. That always happens after a guest, Scott Fowler, the Charlotte Observer on all things football. It's NFL Cut Weekend, and we have some comments and feedback on the Panthers and others there. But it's also week one continuing all the way through Monday night, meaning Labor Day night, as we wish everybody a happy Labor Day weekend. And as we celebrate Free For All Friday, that allows for more of your calls, fewer guests, a little less of my ramblings and crazy musings, more of us following your lead, 1-800-849-2761. I did promise one thing, so I will get to that as we pick over the college football weekend, a little baseball, a little NASCAR, a little tennis, a little of international basketball with Team USA playing Czech Republic on Sunday morning our time in China in that every four-year World, World Cup, Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell, and others lead a watered-down Team USA that is among the favorites, of course, and arguably still the favorite in that 32-team 
competition, but Spain, Serbia, Argentina, France, Australia, Greece. Australia just beat the Americans in an exhibition. It was their first loss after 70-some straight wins, so it is just a different animal for Team USA right now in basketball with the torch being passed from Mike Krzyzewski to Greg Popovich along those lines. 1-800-849-2761. As intern Will is taking your calls, I guarantee you that history will be made in college football this weekend. And I believe I have advice along those lines connected to that history-making aspect of our weekend that would be far more valuable than me telling you what's going to happen as Utah State visits Wake tonight or ECU at NC State, Duke against Alabama, Northwestern against Stanford, North Carolina against South Carolina in Charlotte, FSU against Boise State, and I have more on that Auburn against Oregon matchup in the only top 25 versus top 25 college football matchup of the entire weekend. Darren, you know that I'm an attention-to-detail geek. In fact, of the phrases that the interns get tired of most quickly, or perhaps years after their time with us, wake up in the middle of the night screaming, (laughs) and not in a good way. Attention to detail. That tops the list. Is, on, tops the list. is it number one? Yes. I knew it got a medal. It's Without on the podium. Without a doubt, number Attention one. Attention to detail. Well, good. I hope I haunt them that way forever <laughs> because it's only to their benefit if they're thinking along those lines. I sometimes take a famous phrase, and I promise you this is related to the history-making aspect of this college football weekend. As we welcome your questions, comments, complaints, and predictions, 1-800-849-2761. I'll hear a phrase, famous, Sometimes you even agree with the premise, but then I just can't let it go. I I need to use my lawyerly, journalistically trained, weirdly wired brain. I need to make it better. For example, hard work always pays off. Have you ever heard my crazy nitpicking of that one? Like there's (laughs) nothing to disagree with there, right? When you and I speak to journalism or communication students, of course we want to send the message. Your hard work will pay off. Like what's wrong with that? Hard work always pays off, right? I mean, you've seen those. There are entire industries built around like selling something like that for, you know, on a piece of wood that would look good in the guest room at your beach house or putting it on your weight training room wall. Hard work always pays off. It's motivation, man. You're not doing this stuff just to do it. You're doing it because it's going to help us beat Podunk State this fall, right? Hard work always pays off. Well, the weird part of my brain, I do not apologize for this because I think it helps to think in these attention to detail ways. I want to tweak it. I want to tweak it just a little bit. I want to make it hard, smart work always pays off in the long run. Because if you get frustrated in the short run, you start doubting the premise. Hard work always pays off. DG said it. Now I've been unemployed for six months after graduating, and I swear he told me hard work always pays off, and now I know he's clueless and I had no idea what he was talking about. Well, no. You know, you got to broaden it a little bit. Hard, smart work always pays off in the long run. I'm more comfortable with that than just the smaller, sweeter hard work always pays off. Are you with me so far? No, I'm with you because thinking about that, I mean, how much hard work has gone by the wayside because somebody didn't stick with it? Because you gave up. Yeah. Right. I need those last four words. They're very important to me (laughs) and, more importantly, to young people everywhere. And if you need an image to remember the hard, smart work part, just picture yourself digging a ditch that needs to be dug. All right? It's just a random example. 
Usually I incorporate sport supermodels into my random examples. In this case, it's just a pile of soil. You dug a ditch because it needed to be dug for whatever project you're working on. I say hard, smart work always pays off in the long run because hard work always pays off is simply not a good enough five-word phrase for me. In the ditch-digging analogy, Darren, what if you dug the second hole and without thinking were throwing the dirt back into the first hole? You're still working hard, but you're no longer working smart. Are you with me? With you. You see? With you. you see? <laughs> hard work always pays off comes with an asterisk now, doesn't it? Hard, smart work always pays off in the long run. No asterisk needed. You with me so far? You see how we're taking something good and making it better in a way that matters here in sports radio land. You're with me. All right. If you're with me, I can assume the state of North Carolina's millions of citizens and sports fans are also listening. As we come to your calls, here's the most important advice I can give you this weekend because it comes with no asterisk. It does not need expansion. And yet, it applies directly to the history-making aspect of this college football weekend. Are you ready? Pace yourself. <laughs> Two words. Pace yourself. <laughs> Did you know, seriously, that there are more schools offering more adult beverages to more fans in more ways than at any time in the history of the state of North Carolina? And I'm not joking for those who haven't been following these headlines. There was a prohibition at public universities with only tiny carve-outs, you know, this luxury box or this narrow set of circumstances, you might have had some wine or beer or whatever. I'm not talking about in the tailgate lots. I'm talking about we could go around Carter-Finley's concourse tomorrow and with our ID showing we're of age, buy beer, old toughy or otherwise. This is a new thing, folks. And even some of the private universities, which did not have the same prohibition, decided not to offer it in the college setting. And you all know some of the theories behind that. Well, so many of your people in the stands are not of age. Why not just leave that alcohol thing for outside the stadium? Well, this is a new – 2019 is the new world. More schools, more adult beverages, more fans in more ways than ever before. Most, in fact. I only know of a couple that opted out of this. So whether you're going to a UNC home game later this year, we'll be there, Miami at Carolina, a week from Saturday, big tailgate tour, or ECU and NC State tomorrow, you can buy in the stadium just at stands. I mean, like, you know, kiosk-style things, not luxury box. You can buy beer. And that brings us to the most important prediction in the history-making history aspect of this weekend. Pace yourself. Do you know why, Darren? Because that needs no asterisk. You know that I don't even like a phrase that parents and coaches have been telling young people forever. Have you ever heard this one? Nothing good happens after midnight? <laughs> yes, and I know your exact thoughts on it. With this all due good. respect, you know, I once said to my dad, nothing good, hey, DG, nothing good ever happens after midnight. Hey, dad, 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 I love you, man. Your advice is almost always on point, and I know you're just trying to say the right thing. To your boy. I know it. I can see it in your heart. Bad stuff does happen after midnight. I'm not objecting to that part of the equation. But, Dad. <laughs> Dad. Dad. Come on, man. <laughs> that, that concert, Dad, poured past midnight. That one sorority girl, Dad, back in the day. <laughs> that one sorority girl. I'm not sure in our six months together anything good ever happened before midnight. 
But yet after Midnight Dad, you gotta come clean, man. You gotta trust me. Lots of really good stuff. So, hey, sometimes, no details, lots of really good stuff sometimes happens after midnight. And Agreed. those of you with mischievous grins right now know exactly what I'm talking about. Nothing good happens after midnight is a cute phrase. It comes from well-intentioned people. We all know it's fundamentally untrue. It comes with a, cr- a grain of truth. You better be smart what you're doing after midnight because lots of bad stuff can happen. However, lots of good stuff also can happen, and don't you forget it. With pace yourself, Darren, here's the bottom line. We know this is not a sprint. It is not quite a marathon, but it is a journey. You wouldn't want to be Usain Bolt, fastest man on earth, and get disqualified because you were too quick out of the gate, right? You've got to be thinking in those longer runs, what is really the benefit, the Olympics or otherwise? What's really the benefit? getting out of the gate quickly. You know why the sprinters are often disqualified for getting all twitchy at the gun? Well, because it comes down to like hundredths of a second who gets across the tape first. That's why they're all twitchy. A college football game day experience is not a Usain Bolt-style Olympic sprint. It may not be the marathon, but give me at least 400 meters, right? Give me something in the (laughs) middle there. You're, 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 you're halfway to being a cross-country runner if you're really diving into the college football game day experience. Pace yourself. There's no exceptions like nothing good happens after midnight. You don't need tweaks. You don't need to give your mom or dad or coach a second weird glance. It applies to all people at all times who choose to ad- consume adult beverages as the state of North Carolina is making history this weekend by allowing beer sales in more places to more fans in more ways at more schools. Pace yourself. In fact, I'll even go this far. Whereas we all know the limitations to nothing good happens after midnight. Wink. (laughs) Nothing good ever happens, wouldn't you say? I don't even like using never or always. You know that about me. But nothing good ever happens when you get out of the gate too quickly, too early, when it comes to the consumption of adult beverages. Am I right about that? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. There's no upside. Nothing good happens after midnight. With all due respect, Dad, there's an upside. I know there's a crazy, scary, dangerous downside. I'm with you. Oh, but the upside, Dad, the upside, let's be real now. There's no upside, Darren. There is none. Pace yourself. The most important advice, the most important guarantee, the most important prediction of the entire weekend. It will not win you money at the betting window in Las Vegas or anywhere else, tribal lands in North Carolina or otherwise. But it will allow you, I promise, to have a more positive game day experience. And more importantly, it will make sure that you avoid the true pits of despair that you and I have seen far too many times on the big tailgate tour. By rule, we're not allowed to drink before the game because we're wearing Continental Tire shirts and we're representing the David Glenn Show, and I don't mess with that rule ever. You know that about me. And frankly, it's very difficult for me to turn down adult beverages. I mean, that's how far I'm willing to go to the (laughs) mat for the big tailgate tour. But what happens when you're the stone-sober dude 
at like 11 p.m. after a night game that you and I cover on the Big Tailgate Tour. You see everything. You do. I mean, you we take notice of of bad situations oh, a, a lot easier. We've truly seen ambulances pull up to see young people who miscalculated rush to the hospital. I mean, in some cases, under circumstances where you wonder if the person lived, and I'm not even exaggerating a little bit. You've been with me, what, four years in a row now. Scary stuff. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. It is far more important than any completed pass, any sack, any interception, any end zone dance. Pace yourself. It needs no asterisk. It needs no further attention to detail. It needs no further tweaking. Pace yourself is the theme on this statewide syndicated show as we head into the first weekend in the history of college football where adult beverages will be consumed by more people at more schools in more ways than at any time in the history of our great state. Pace yourself. 1-800-849-2761. Ryan wants to talk NFL. I have a lot more on Oregon against Auburn, the national game of the week, but also closer to home, Duke, Alabama. Carolina against Carolina, ECU against NC State, Florida State against Boise State. And I did not misspeak there. When I said Carolina against Carolina, you know my favorite quote along those lines comes from the late, great Woody Durham, voice of the Tar Heels for a long time. Do you know what he said about the phrase or the word Carolina? I'll tell you on the other side. It's perfect for the Tar Heels trip to Charlotte to take on the Gamecocks, given that, as you know, they both call themselves just the one word, Carolina. The unforgettable Woody Durham input on that topic of conversation with your free-for-all Friday calls, 1-800-849-2761. Next on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. DG, which ACC football coach has the most pressure on him this weekend? It may not be what you're thinking of because the email came from Henderson, North Carolina. I don't think of any of our in-state coaches. Like any fan who's going to be all over Mac Brown if the Tar Heels lose to the Gamecocks just doesn't see the bigger picture. I'm not telling you to assume a loss. You have a chance. Mac Brown hired two really good coordinators. He has three good running backs. He has some veterans on the defensive line. He has two really good tight ends. He has a talented freshman quarterback. He has a good punter. He has uh, at least one or two good players in the secondary. Questions on the offensive line and at linebacker. But it's not like it's a snake pit or something. You have a chance. Just don't assume a win, given that Will Muschamp has had four years to build the Gamecocks and Mac Brown Part 2 has had you know a matter of months to try to put the Tar Heels on a good track. Similarly, Mike Houston, new guy at ECU. Don't assume a loss at NC State, but in all likelihood, that's what it's going to be. You're not going to jump off of Mike Houston's bandwagon, given the guy's long-term track record. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Similarly, there's no pressure on David Cutcliffe against Alabama and Atlanta. Come on, let's just be realistic. Georgia Tech had no chance against Clemson last night. And whereas it may have been tricky to pick whether the Tigers would cover the spread or not, they did, 52-14. to 14. That's really the drama tomorrow afternoon in Atlanta. Will the Tide cover the spread? Duke's not going to beat Alabama, and you all know it. 
Duke might have a good season, but it ain't going to happen tomorrow. So David Cutcliffe, Mac Brown, Mike Houston, they're in, hey, take a freaking swing at the pinata tomorrow. That's the mode. See what happens. If you lose, you lose. But you're supposed to lose. And in the Tar Heels case, I think they actually have a legitimate shot at making that a game against the the Gamecocks. The one thing I promised as we come to your calls, free-for-all Friday style, you steer the ship. I have a lot more on NFL Cut Day tomorrow and the college football schedule that awaits us all the way through Monday night, 1-800-849-2761. Woody Durham, the late great voice of the Tar Heels, I thought was the ultimate arbiter although he would admit his bias in favor of the Tar Heels, when it came to the proper use of the Carolina word. Darren, have you ever traveled internationally or around the world, or or around the country, rather, and seen a T-shirt, sweatshirt, whatever, with just Carolina? Doesn't say North Carolina, doesn't say South Carolina, just says Carolina. They are omnipresent in this state, but I've lived enough other places that I've seen it you know, probably if I've visited 30 states, I think I've seen one or more version of Carolina in all 30 states and in other countries. And what's what's you, you've seen it right everywhere you've Absolutely. gone. Absolutely, yeah. The Carolina, whether it's on a T-shirt or what, you, you see it both in Carolina blue and that scarlet go. that that the Gamecocks. And use. you didn't grow up in either North Carolina or South Carolina, Neither. but even you saw that. And and of course, that's our default position. Well, what's the color that tells us whether it's Gamecocks or Tar Heels? Woody Durham's line was in 49 states in the District of Columbia. When people say Carolina, they know it means Tar Heels. And that other place is the only place that they think Gamecocks. And to be honest, in my travels, I think Woody Durham is right. I've been in Florida. I lived in Miami for a while. I lived in Tampa for a while. I'm originally from the northeastern United States. There's a whole lot of states up there that I've spent a significant amount of time in. I think Woody's right. 49 states in D.C., you say Carolina, they think Tar Heels. In the Palmetto State, of course, where the Gamecocks live in Columbia – it is about the Gamecocks. This is a neutral site game between the two campuses at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. I don't think of the in-state coach when it comes to pressure. You know, Eli Drinkowitz, of course, has to beat East Tennessee State. But, of course, the Mountaineers are going to beat East Tennessee State. So that's not really pressure either. He's the first-year coach that's supposed to win his conference. So there's some pressure that comes with that. It's just pressure that really unfolds later when he gets into the gist of his Sunbelt schedule. For most of these other guys, I mean, there's low expectations at UNC and ECU. So there's only an upside. You can only overachieve. Nobody's going to run you out of town if you go 3-9, and nine, right? And they're going to be excited if you make a bowl game. That's a nice place to be. That honeymoon does not last very long. Three of the schools we follow, Duke, Wake, and State, it's middling expectations. Not low, not high, kind of in the middle somewhere. Vegas has Duke's over-under for wins at 5.5. Vegas has Wake at 6. Vegas has App State at 9. So that's higher expectations. Wolfpack is 7.5. So I'd say Wake, Duke, and State, that's all middling expectations, right? The highest is five, seven and a half. The lowest is five and a half. Middling expectations, right? To me, by the way, out of all those numbers I just spat at you, the best bet for an over or under is over Wake Forest at six. Vegas is looking at something different than the picture that I know as the guy who created ACC Sports Journal and ACCSports.com and has been following this league and that Dave Clawson guy, the league for 33 years, Dave Clawson for the last six Wake's over six wins, barring a weird combination of injuries. Wake's just too good to finish 
under six wins, period. I think, again, they may be the best team in the state. None of our state's coaches this week especially has that sort of pressure. If you are Willie Taggart at Florida State playing Boise State, the preseason favorite in the Mountain West Conference, after you show up and at a school that hadn't missed a bowl in more than three decades, in your first year you miss a bowl? Yeah, you've got some pressure on you as Boise State comes to town and the game has to be moved to your home stadium in Tallahassee because of the hurricane threat in Jacksonville, the neutral site where it was supposed to be. That's pressure. I'm not saying he'd be fired if he loses to Boise State, but rather than getting off on the right foot and maybe being able to exhale a little bit after an offseason, you just went through eight months of Seminoles fans in large numbers wondering whether you're the right guy for the job. And you've only been there one year, but it was a train wreck of a year. If you lose to Boise at home, they're going to be wondering if there's a second train wreck in a row coming after 30-plus years of consistent success, for the most part, under Bobby Bowden and then Jimbo Fisher. I wouldn't want to be in those shoes come Monday, says the Jimmy Buffett song, if I were Willie Taggart. The other guy, and it's not quite as extreme pressure, but Justin Fuente had two really good years in his first two seasons at Virginia Tech in the aftermath of the legendary Frank Beamer, and last year he crashed back to earth. Remember, they needed to reschedule a game just to get to bowl eligibility, just to make the postseason. So if Justin Fuente goes to BC and shows that he's a contender for the Coastal title, well, then Virginia Tech fans exhale. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that won the first two years here. He's the guy who won at the end of his tenure uh, with Memphis as a head coach before he came to Blacksburg. If you stumble out of the gate against Boston College, what are Virginia Tech fans going to be wondering? Same thing that FSU fans would be wondering if they lose to Boise State. Well, wait a minute. We're a traditional winner, and we're a football-first school, and we'll let you off the hook for last year's debacle, but we're not putting up with two in a row. Massive scrutiny of Willie Taggart at FSU. That game's been rescheduled for tomorrow at noon in Tallahassee. Some pressure on Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech. That trip to Boston College is on the ACC network tomorrow afternoon. Ryan in Wendell, North Carolina, has the NFL on his mind. You can join us, too, at 1-800-849-2761. Ryan, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? Well, first off, I want to say, without a lot of hard, smart work after midnight, (laughs) my publication would not exist. (laughs) Very well executed. (laughs) I'm sure you understand that Well Um, done. (laughs) At risk of sounding like that guy, you know, talking about a backup running back, (laughs) I really want to see the Carolina Panthers move on from Cameron Artis Payne. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of very athletic, very talented and multifaceted yeah. backup running backs we've yeah. seen. And, you know, I, I'm just sick of, you know, seeing someone like McCaffrey get hurt, you know, late in the season. They say, you know, well, the artist Payne's going to be starting. They need this game. Yeah. And then the dude goes out there and averages, you know, 1.9 yards carry and is completely ineffective. You know, Cam, you know, Cam Newton ends up being the leading rusher in the game. You know, junk like that. Yep. You know, it's you know he's he's got something with that coaching staff. They like him, but it's let's let's see something new. You know, I'm with you, and I always put myself in the shoes of a defensive coordinator. I I do this all the time, like even as a youth coach. What makes the other person's job hardest? And the bottom line is, nobody is afraid even a little bit when they see uh, Cameron Artis Payne running out there as the Panthers' backup running back in the last couple years. Nobody's afraid of him catching it 
uh, screen pass or being handed a draw play. Whereas Reggie Bonifon is a heck of an athlete. He's a former Louisville quarterback, a superb athlete who never quite got the QB position. And I think in his case, like fell behind Lamar Jackson in Louisville's pecking order at quarterback. He's showing out as, I think, a second-year NFL player. He looks good as a receiver. He can help as an athlete on special teams, right? And even the guy, Jordan Scarlett, who's a rookie, to me, he scares. He is more scary with the ball in his hand than Cameron Artis Payne is. And as Scott Fowler, our guest earlier, said, Artis Payne has done some good things on special teams. And, yes, that matters. Because if the numbers show that Christian McCaffrey's on the field for – what was that crazy number? 90% of offensive snaps last year? I forget if that's the exact number, but it was a crazy number. One of the highest in the entire NFL at the running back position. Uh, at some point, you want the second guy to be at least a little bit scary, and they haven't had that with Cameron Artis Payne. The Saints don't have this anymore, but remember what they had with the one-two punch behind Drew Brees? Like, you didn't know which guy to be afraid of. You know, Mark Ingram or Alvin Kamara? I mean, you're not happy... You don't when when Christian McCaffrey runs to the sideline. If I'm a defensive player, I'm like, all right, whew, all right, what are we going to focus on? Because McCaffrey's off the field now. We probably they're probably more predictable. Like, what are they going to do? You didn't know defending the New Orleans Saints. There was no change. It's Ingram or it's Kamara, and you're scared of both. The Panthers, with their offense underachieving a little bit at times, have the right quarterback when he's healthy in Cam Newton. I think have multiple good tight ends. They're, they don't have the dominant wideout the way the other three teams in their division do have. They need more dangerous players behind Christian McCaffrey, and I think I think Cameron Artis Payne is going to be lucky if his name is on the 53-man roster come, what is that, 4 o'clock tomorrow. 1-800-849-2761. More of your free-for-all Friday questions, comments, and complaints as we look forward and prepare you for the college football weekend to come. All the way through Monday night, there will be national TV spotlight games, almost all of them involving teams or people that we know really, really well. Your questions, comments, complaints, and predictions are welcome on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Was, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are halfway to Margaritaville. We are looking forward to a fantastic college football schedule. We hope to see you at the ECUNC State game. It is our first stop on the 2019 Big Tailgate Tour, especially if you'll be out there early. Please send us an email, davidglenshow at gmail.com, or go to the Big Tailgate Tour website. It's a very quick form. We're going to give out our Tailgate of the Week prize early, probably between 9 and 10 a.m., so we can win Continental Tire Toss competitions and hang out at Backyard Bistro for the majority of that 9 to 11.30 a.m. stretch before we head into the game as well. Tell us where you'll be. We might come find you and give you cool prizes. Free for All Friday ramps back up with your phone calls to start hour number three, 1-800-849-2761. More college football next. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friend said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? I like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show.